Figure facts for life. We just want you to be healthy. Health and happiness. If you pay attention to what goes in your body, you'll be amazed at the results. Fuel, nourish, and heal your body. Eating healthy. Well, well that's everything. Put the right fuel in. Take care of your engine. Here's Roberta Janeiro. Here's Roberta Janeiro. Roberta Janeiro. Welcome to Figure Facts for Life. I'm your host, Roberta Gennaro. I am so excited to share with you today. We're going to be talking about Celiac Awareness Month. Now, you know, if you've listened to my podcast, that I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist with over 30 years of clinical nutrition experience. And I am committed to share my expertise and the expertise of my colleagues to help you understand how to better use food to fuel, nourish, and heal your bodies. So with that, I want to just talk a little bit about celiac disease for those of of you that are not aware, because it is one of these conditions that 95% of people are not diagnosed. You know, 95% of celiacs are undiagnosed. 20 to 30% of the world's population has been found to carry a gene called HLA-DQ, and the number two associated with that is most prevalent with individuals that have the propensity to develop develop celiac disease and also HLA-DQ8. So we're going to be talking today with Lori Wellstead from the University of Chicago. When you go to your physician thinking celiac may be what you're dealing with, keep in mind there are over 200 symptoms associated with celiac disease. Sometimes it looks like other conditions and may in fact get overlooked or misdiagnosed. But Lori from University of Chicago is going to be sharing with us her expertise. The cool thing about Lori and I is first, we're both registered dietitians, Mm -hmm. and we also were both diagnosed with celiac disease. Uh, She just recently, right? Mm -hmm. And four years ago, I've been gluten-free for going on 28 years. So we have a wealth of knowledge to share with you today. And just getting the word out and the awareness about celiac disease is it's just a passion for me. Because many years I suffered, and I don't know about you, Lori, but there's just a lot of ill health associated with celiac, and it looks like other stuff, oh, and you just think you're a sickly person, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You think, oh my, am I a hypochondriac? And right. Yes, absolutely. Right. Well, share with our listeners and our viewers what you do in the clinic at University of Chicago. So I see patients um, with a variety of GI disorders. Many of them do have celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease, also known as IBD, irritable bowel syndrome, which is IBS, um, other esophageal disorders, and pancreatitis, as well as weight management. Right. We're going to give the information how to reach out to Lori after this, but you're also affiliated with the um, CureCeliac.org yes, group? Yes, CureCeliacDisease.org. Oh. It's our University of Chicago Celiac Center. Yes, and that actually, years, years, years ago, I had a radio program I did online. Oh, wow. And I interviewed Dr. Guandolini. Oh, nice. And I think a woman named Michelle. But the cool thing about that center is they were offering for a while, they were offering free screenings. Yes. Right. We hope to get back to that. This was the one year. We're hoping to maybe do an online one in the future as well. There's another form that we might be doing. Oh, fabulous. Okay. So let's talk 
to our listeners and our viewers about some of the symptoms associated with celiac disease that tend to elude their doctors. Um, okay. For you, you know, your personal yeah. Situation. So um, I think for a lot of people, it could be very um, vague things such as fatigue, brain fog, varying symptoms like constipation, diarrhea, um, gas and bloating, which right. a lot of people just kind of dismiss and think, oh, that's their norm, right? Um, there for pediatrics, a lot of children don't grow properly, so that's another one that's okay, pretty red obvious. Flags. That's a big red flag, absolutely. And it's my understanding too. Now in the United States, we weren't testing our children in in Europe. They in specifically Italy, they were testing their children at the age of seven yes. for celiac mm-hmm. because. You know, everything they eat has gluten in it, right? But here it wasn't happening. Then Dr. Guandolini came to the States Mm -hmm. and said, where are all our celiac children, right? And started the screening to identify and then also sent a letter to the American Academy of Pediatrics to get physicians, pediatricians starting to look for this in children, right? So that they didn't have to go through years of suffering like I did and you did. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yes. So share a little bit with our listeners and our viewers about your story, you know, how you ended up getting diagnosed. Okay, so um, I would say for about many years, maybe oops, about 10 years or so, I probably had a variety of different GI symptoms. Um, I asked my doctor to get tested for celiac disease and it was negative. Okay. Um, And then about a year and a half later, it came back positive. I was really prompted to get retested. I actually was retested at our uh, free screening event for the University of Chicago in 2015. And this was after I had two miscarriages. And since I know every time I would educate patients, I would ask them about infertility. And so that really prompted me because I thought, well, why am I having these miscarriages? Carriages. Am right. I malnourished? I didn't look malnourished. Right. Per and you're se. a dietitian and you're yes. eating everything we exactly. eat really good. Yes. And that's the thing. I was anyway. eating like a lot of fiber. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lots of fiber and all sorts of natural things. I wasn't concentrating on processed foods per se. Right. Um, so it was just a very frustrating thing um, for many years. So just, that's another symptom infertility. Yes, infertility. If, if you're having issues. Absolutely. Look for this. Yes. Okay. So I think that's for a big celiac. one for OBGYNs and a lot of just females that are trying to get pregnant. They might not be able to get pregnant. Pregnant is another one, so okay. uh, along with miscarriages. Right, so, right. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and I was sharing with you, uh, we were talking yesterday just kind of about the podcast, and I was sharing with Lori about my story. So, you know, I was in grad school and was part of a study, and we had to eat everything that they gave us. And as it turns out, the researcher comes up to me and says, Roberta, you know, are you working out two to three hours a day? Because we keep having to raise your calories because you keep dropping weight. And I, I said, no, you know, and so then that kind of stayed in my mind. And and then we had to collect number one and number two, you know, urine and feces <laughs> yes. for the study. And my urine output was three times everybody else's and fecal wow. weight was twice everybody else's. Oh so it was like something is going on here. She basically put the bug in my ear. I went to my doctor. I'm like, am I diabetic, you know, with the high yes. urine output? And they're like, no. And um, so then I went, you know, fast forward maybe a year or so. I graduated from grad school and I have, I'm, I'm at Rush Medical Center running the outpatient nutrition clinic and I get invited to go to this um, trip to Paris and I go and I break out in hives and mm. the next thing I know, one of the women that we went with, she had a facialist on Oak Street here in Chicago. They're no longer there. It was Ilona's of Hungary mm. and 
she said, you're allergic to something you're eating. Now, as a dietitian, they, they did teach us about food allergies, but back in the you know early 90s and stuff, it wasn't a huge thing like it is oh, now, absolutely. right? No. So I went through, I'm looking through the guidelines, and I happen upon the information about herpa, um, dermatitis herpetiformis, which is a form of uh, celiac, mm-hmm. which looks... It, it, Gives you rashes on your skin yes. and that kind of thing. But it's not uh, the usual, like, having constipation, diarrhea mm-hmm. thing. So I just was like, well, let me try this. Let me try going gluten-free. Because at that point, I was getting pretty sick. I had to eat every two hours. Otherwise, I felt like I was going to be faint. And I had itchiness under the skin. I was changing mm-hmm. my laundry soap. I had chronic draining of my sinuses. I mean, I always had a tissue in my hand. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yes. Mm. And then the doctors were like, "Oh, you know, here's the spray for the sinuses, and you know, you know, maybe occasional yeast issue. You know, here's this cream yes. for that." But nothing. It was like band aids. Everything yes. wasn't solving the problem. But when I went gluten free, let me tell you something. Three days into being gluten free, I could go three or four hours and feel great with you know yeah. b- between meals. The itchiness under the skin stopped. The sinus drainage stopped. And then I just had more of the mental fog you talked about. I was more clear in my brain. I thought, wow, this is amazing. So we did that for a few weeks. And then it said to reintroduce. And I reintroduced gluten and immediately the sinuses started. I would get canker sores in my mouth. I got a canker sore mm. in my mouth, you know, and it was like the bloating came back and the, and you know, all that stuff that goes with bloating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this is crazy, yes. right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So long story short, I mean, in some respects, a facialist diagnosed me. Wow. You know, yes. because she led me to look into it more. And once you go gluten-free, it's very hard to detect, right? You, Absolutely, th- yes. You could only look at the gene we talked mm-hmm. about. Yes. And so um, at this point, I did a couple reintroductions after, you know, coming off of gluten and then kept maybe like two or three months in between it reintroduced again and was symptomatic every time. And that's how I knew. I just knew my body was telling me, this is the problem. Yes. This is the culprit. And it was a lifesaver for me. I mean, just amazing, amazing. right? Do you yes. feel like oh, that absolutely. too? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk a little bit about, there's so many gluten-free products out there. And there's a lot of people that are trying the gluten-free products because mm-hmm. they think in some respects they may be healthier. Yes. Uh, and there are some that are. I, mm-hmm. I will not question that. You just got to be careful with highly processed foods. Absolutely. And we were talking a little bit about that before we started the podcast that, you know, listen to your body. It will tell you, even if it's a gluten-free product and it's it tastes great, but your gut is telling you, I'm bloated, I don't feel good, and you're yes. getting similar reactions that you would get from other grains, then maybe that specific product is just not for you. The other thing you have to be wary of is some products will say gluten-free, but then if you look at the fine print at the bottom of the Mm -hmm. nutrition facts label, it'll say manufactured in a plant that has, you know, that processes wheat on the line. And so then you might be getting some cross-contamination. So for those that are Mm -hmm. celiac, we just say we're highly sensitive. You know, if you're at a restaurant... You're highly sensitive. Yes. Just so they're taking that extra precaution with your food. Absolutely. So yes. that you're not going to have a reaction, mm-hmm. right? So what are some of your favorite gluten-free products? Oh, do you, gosh. Do um, you have like a, a couple favorites? 
Let's see. I do like these Tef wraps. Um, okay. So those are one of my favorite things to kind of use as like a vessel yes. um, to put things, whether it be different proteins and things like that. You can make um, a sandwich or yes. like a... Um, one of those like uh, what do you, rolls, like a little like burrito a little, kind of a thing, exactly. or a little roll. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's okay. kind of nice. And Tef is a nice um, ancient grain um, from Ethiopia, and it kind of has. So if you go to Ethi- go to Ethiopian restaurants, they often yes. will have some um, gluten free Tef um, instead Wraps of the there. regular ones. Okay, yes. that's the nice thing too. I, I will say that as far as getting the word out about celiac and and gluten being a culprit for many people, because you don't have to have celiac to be sensitive to gluten. Actually, at one of the um, Academy of Nutrition and Dietetic Conferences, there was a physician from Italy, and he said more people are gluten sensitive Mm -hmm. than actually celiac. Yes. So it's going to be the same story for you. If you're sensitive, you still have to follow the gluten-free diet to feel great, yes, right? Absolutely. And it's more of a diagnosis of exclusion if you're gluten-sensitive. It Basically, you're ruling out that you have celiac. You exactly. Know, you do that. Yes. And so, And that's the thing is there's a lot of foods, even like FODMAPs, so yes. that's like fermentable carbohydrates. Right. And so things like garlic and onions and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, those are all in the same category as wheat, rye, and barley. Okay. So I think a lot of people do feel better gluten-free yes. um, because they're, they may have less of that fermentation going on right um, right gut so interesting yeah and and again i think it's just listening to your body you know like my mother-in-law she will not eat garlic you know she She knows knows if she eats garlic it sets her her gut off Oh, absolutely so it's so key and then being able to relay to your physician all the symptoms that you're experiencing because i think now in conventional medicine, they are looking a little bit more at grains and how that's impacting mm-hmm. your system, especially if you have, you know, if they have a patient that shows up with, you know, they drop 15 or 20 pounds without even trying, yes. you know, because oh, you get kind of this malabsorptive syndrome. Yes. And yeah, and more people are actually even gaining weight prior to that diagnosis, too, that we're seeing, which right. is uh, oh. one of the things that doctors would never think, oh, you're malabsorbing, you've gained that's weight. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And then another thing, too, is just making sure that if you do have symptoms from gluten to truly get tested rather than just trying to go gluten free on your own, because it's very hard to go back on to gluten once you are gluten free, if you feel better. Yeah. So usually at our center, we recommend really it, you can do gluten free and try it on your own. But if you can try to get back on to gluten um, so you can truly get tested, because I think a lot of people will go gluten free, but then they're not that serious about it. So it's right. hard to ever really truly find out what your issue is. Right. And I think. We have to let the listeners and the viewers know that there is a downside to playing that that juggling game with this. Because if you truly have celiac or if you have this intolerance to to gluten, then what are the downsides? Chronic inflammation of the gut Mm -hmm. can predispose you to... What? Oh, yeah. Can- GI cancers. Absolutely. Um, osteoporosis as well because you're malabsorbing. Right. Um, so there's a lot of side effects. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think, yeah. Very important mm-hmm. to to really key in on um, what you're experiencing and relay that to your physician. Yes. And it's right. just a simple blood test. That's the first um, step is just 
getting a blood test, the yeah. TTG blood test. Right. Um, and that's while you're eating gluten. Tr- a tissue transglutaminase test. And if that comes up positive, do they then automatically do the gene now? Or um, are you, you finding not so So if so that's much? positive, we typically do an endoscopy where they would go down um, your throat into your um, duodenum okay. and they would do a biopsy. And okay. you don't feel it. You don't have to prep for it or anything like you would for do a colonoscopy. They to, do they have to put you out for that? They do put you out for okay. it. Yes. Twilight or really um, knock you out? It's usually like kind of like a twilight. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And if somebody says, well, you know, I don't want to do the biopsy, do you still recommend that they follow a gluten-free diet with just that information? So they could if, uh, if they're the TTG. TTG. Yeah. So if the TTG is... Um, is way above the normal. So okay. the normal is supposed to be under 20. Right. Then we, we would say, okay, you can trial a gluten-free diet and okay. not do the biopsy. And then we would just follow those numbers. Gotcha. Or test, their, mm-hmm. test them for the gene. And you can also do the gene. Absolutely. So okay. that's another one we do recommend. I mean, we think we've provided a lot of really good information for our listeners and our viewers, but where can they go for more information about the symptoms that are r- related to celiac? Because I know when I read about dermatitis herpetiformis and the symptoms symptoms associated with it, that's when the light bulb in my brain went on and I said, that's me. Yes. That's that's what I'm dealing with. So I would like to help more people out there since it's such, such a condition that's underdiagnosed. Yes. Be able to refer to a website and get those symptoms and see if they have that light bulb moment. Like, I need to talk to my doctor about this. Yes. CureCeliacDisease.org is our University of Chicago Celiac Disease Center website. We have a lot of facts and figures and we have the list of symptoms. Um, another one of my favorites is the gluten intolerance group gig.org okay they have a great um website and, and resources i also lead the gig of chicago here um in the chicagoland area so we have a support social group that oh that's fabulous mm-hmm. okay and how would they reach out to you specifically if they wanted to talk with you um so you can contact me through our select disease website okay um that's another is there a form they fill in their info yes, and, and they can send, send it, it yep. off and then yes and i get a lot of contact back. us messages yes. oh fabulous mm-hmm. all right well I want to thank you, Lori, for being with me today. And uh, thank you for listening in and viewing uh, today. Be sure to subscribe and stay in the know with cutting edge dietetic nutrition information. And make sure you hop over to Facebook and Instagram and like us at Figure Facts LLC. That's all one word. And I just want to thank you again for joining me. Remember to fuel, nourish and heal your body. I'm Roberta Gennaro. Ciao, ciao for now.